to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I am Darlene Brock, and let's see, I have run a lot of businesses in my life. I've led a lot of different organizations. You just can't help yourself, can you? I I apparently can't, (laughs) but I'm really excited today because we're bringing in a friend of mine from early on in my business ventures. I know, it's going to be so fun. Well, I'm Julie Graham, and I am just along for the ride in your current life project, um, the Grit and Grace Project, but I am so excited that I get to learn from and kind of be a fly on the wall of a conversation between you and our guest today. So we are bringing in a friend, as you said, from um, your early days. Um, she is a leadership coach, She's an author and she's a speaker. So I can promise you, ladies, she is very well spoken. Um, Her passion is to lead other leaders, inspiring them, equipping them, and encouraging them to do the same. She's spoken at conferences nationwide, and it's her desire to help develop leadership gifts and help leaders be more confident. She is the founder of the Foresight Group. She's also the CEO there. You go, girl. She consults with organizations on leadership, team culture, and organizational health. She's the author of several books, which um, her most recent one is The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership, which we do get to touch on. And she's also written Clout, Discover and Unleash Your God-Given Influence. She is our friend, none other than Miss Jenny Catrone. So Jenny, it is so good to have you with us today. And you know, we have a heck of a lot of history. We do. It's so fun. So fun to be able to connect again with you, Darlene. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I want to go all the way back to where you were first in my life. You were what, 12 that year? (laughs) That's your favorite number. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy and everybody needs to know this because I was a 20 year old kid in my first internship and you hired me out of well, you hired me for the internship, but then actually hired me to work at the record company that you guys had founded. And I mean, I look back at that and I'm like, you were like, the fact that you took a chance on a 20 year old kid who didn't know what she was doing is <laughs> like probably one of the greatest gifts of my life. So yeah, I'm think, forever indebted. So fun. I think for all of us in those years, most of us didn't know what we were doing before we started it. And, you know, when we saw just amazing people, um, it was yeah. like, we wanted you to be part of the team. So it was an easy one. And so now yeah. I am so proud of where you've come and what you're doing. You are just tearing it up, girl. I can it's just say, fun. Jenny, that I do hear her saying that all the time. Whenever you uh, come across, you know, our site um, on Facebook, when we see your site being active, she always talks about how proud of you she is. Yep. I love that. Well, it, I mean, I just love the history of friendships and, you know, and, and those work connections. And I always talk about that gift of belief and Darlene, I feel like that's the thing you gave me was the gift of belief as a young kid and said, Hey, you can do this, go after it. And, um, so You know, those are the things that just, just, you know, set you up for the future. So I was right now, wasn't I? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, okay. So we wanted to talk to you a little bit today um, about some of the things you've written for us and some of your uh, insights and wisdom that you share in what you do. And we kind of want to take it and broaden it to this does not just mean for women who are leaders or bosses. This can apply to every part of your life. 
Very true. So we're going to go back to an article that you wrote for us that we think is brilliant, um, entitled The Six Qualities That Make a Female Leader Strong. And again, it's not just being a leader, it's being... um, in life. How well, be it's, it's being a leader in all areas of life. So maybe not yeah. the traditional sense of the word where a leader is boss lady um, in the work environment, but the fact that we women do get to lead in all spheres of life um, and yeah. maybe just kind of taking that original connotation off the word leader and saying, yeah, I, I am leading. So how can yeah. I be stronger in that? Yeah. And that's a big passion of mine. I think a lot of people get tripped up over that word leader and really, it means understanding your influence. And all of us have influence, you know, in the different spheres of responsibility that we have. So yeah, so if the word leader trips you up, take that out of there. What does it mean to be a strong woman of influence? And, you know, whatever our worlds look like, we have influence with other people. And I think if we get an understanding of that, and then can step into these six qualities we talk about, I think it can be really phenomenal. Yeah, I really love just kind of reframing that word from leader to influencer. So even as we talk through this, let's try to almost reframe that in our own language, because I think that's important to remember that even if I'm just influencing my child or my neighbor, those relationships still have significant impact. So let's start with number one. The first one that you brought to our attention was self-awareness. What does that mean, Jenny? Self-awareness. Yeah, and I think this is a big one. I think this one is growing in that uh, just that recognition of what's going on with me. You know, I think a lot of times we run towards the opportunities and climbing the ladder and chasing the dream or, you know, whatever is kind of in front of us, whether that's, you know, the desire to be a stay at home mom, really like pouring into your kids or whether it's, you know, the, the, you know, CEO wannabe that I was at 20 years old, you know, (laughs) that was just chasing after the opportunity to, to grow and make an impact. I think that we really have to understand what's going on with us. And I love, there's a quote that I use a lot of times from a psychologist, uh, Dr. Butler. And she says, there's a person with whom you spend more time than any other person, a person who has more influence over you and more ability to interfere with or to support your growth than anyone else. And that ever present companion is your own self. And I think we all can, you know, like we get it. We're like, yes. I mean, some of my greatest like roadblocks or the things that hold me back is actually myself. It's the stories that I tell myself, the doubts, the insecurities, the fears, the whatever, you know, the thing is that really kind of trips us up. And I think the more aware of that we can be, the greater self-awareness we have about what, what holds me back, where do I hold myself back? And also, and self-awareness really is all encompassing of what are the things that I actually am strong and gifted at? What are the things that I can bring? How can I influence the people around me in a really uh, inspirational and, and, and productive way? And so self-awareness is really kind of all dimensions of our life. But I think a lot of times we just race over it to do all the things or to support the people around us. And we don't aren't actually paying good attention to what's going on with me and where do I need to grow? Where do I need to learn? What do I have to give? And I think a few of those questions just to say, hey, what's going on with me? And the more I have a healthy understanding of who I am, the better able I am to show up authentically with the people that I'm influencing or leading. Mm, I like that. I think one of the challenges that we have as women, though, is when we decide to become self-aware, we only focus on one side of our awareness, and that is, oh, but I can't, or I won't, or I, mm. you know, the, the negative yes. where, how, how do we balance that? How do we take that side and improve on it at the same time recognize our strengths? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, again, I think that's even part of it is recognizing, okay, I have a propensity to spiral out in all of the things that I feel I'm um, incompetent uh, of doing, you know? And so I kind of focus on that and go, okay, wait a minute, right there is a moment of self-awareness to go. My, my instinct is to go, you know, beat myself up, you know, become the martyr, whatever, you know, whatever our nature is. And we do, we beat ourselves up and we kind of hold ourselves to a pretty ridiculous standard. So I think that's also where good people in our life are really important to help, you know, bring, help us be aware and help us have more balance. So I think that self-awareness is not just a, a solo sport. I think we really need trusted people in our lives who are also helping reflect back to us the things that we're strong at, the things that we're great at. And the places where, yep, you know what, fear and insecurity are really tripping you up right now. And you need to like, come on, sister, like get it together and let's Mm -hmm. move forward because, you know, you can't let this continue to hold you back. So it's a, it's a boat, particularly where we're inclined to the negatives. I think we've got to bring people who speak truth and positive into our life and into our story. I was reading something even this morning and they said um, that we will hear for every one negative thing that we hear, we actually need 10 positives to counteract that. That's how significant like the negative voice is in our life. And so I have a friend who I tell her she's, you know, she's just, she's a natural critic in that she sees what needs to be fixed. And I tell her, I was like, I need at least a couple positives and then you can give me the negative. (laughs) That's my fragile ego. Like, and as a good friend, I just need you to know, give me a couple positives then hit me with the the negative or the thing that needs some work and I'll take it. I need that feedback, but I need both and. Yes. So that's funny. Well, speaking of the both and, um, and this is my role in the podcast, Jenny, I don't know if you know this, but I was thinking of two articles that kind of come to from both sides of this self-awareness need. Um, one is three ways that positive self-talk can help you. So we'll definitely link to that because I think that's what you're talking about, that we need yep. the positive, not just the negative. But then also a newer one um, recently, uh, love the title, by the way, put on your big girl panties and get to work on yourself. Um, Courtney yep. talks about how you do need friends in your life who are willing to speak to you about those areas that, hey, maybe you do need to work on this. Um, and I love you enough to share that with you. Totally. Yeah, that's so good. I love those. All right, let's get on to number two. So how is, um, the next one is self-assurance. And at first glance, I'm, I'm wondering, how is that different from self-awareness? Yeah, good question. And, you know, they go kind of hand in hand. It's like we have to have the self-awareness to develop the self-assurance. And the self-assurance is that confidence and that centeredness that I know who I am. I know what I'm strong at. I know what I'm great at. I know my weaknesses and I'm not like freaked out about those. I can say, you know what? I'm not great at that. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But here's where I have gifts and strengths that can really serve the people around me. And I'm going to be confident in that. And I'm going to be really centered about that, but not in an arrogant way. It's this confidence that's rooted in a healthy understanding of I've done the work. I I have self-awareness, you know, around who I am and who I've been designed to be. And I'm going to confidently like show up with those gifts. I'm going to confidently show up with um, my thoughts, my perspectives, my insights, um, you know, and whatever that looks like in whatever sphere of influence and leadership you have. But I have the self-assurance to go, 
I know who I am. And I think this gets better with age, right? You know, it I'm does. just, <laughs> I'm just tipped into my forties and I'm like, Ooh, this is feeling better. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I'm feeling better know. about this, but you know, I, I would love to have had a little dose of this, even a little earlier in life to be able to say, you know what, uh, this is, I've done the self-awareness work. I know who I am. I'm constantly learning and growing. So that's a part of it. But that self-assurance to be able to confidently step into that. Um, I, so I think it's like part two of the self-awareness piece. It is. And I think part of the reason when you uh, get older and you get more comfortable with this is you just quit caring <laughs> about what everybody else thinks. And so, you know, you, you don't second guess you yourself. You quit caring or you quit caring as much? I'm so curious. Um, it could be a little of both. Okay. okay. No, I'm just, I'm, yeah. you know, wanting I to mean, do the research. Yeah. No, no it's more that... Um, you care about the people who you have placed your trust in. Mm, you trust them right. to uh, help you be a better person. But the rest of the parade, you just don't listen to anymore. And so they don't yeah. feed into your doubts and your fears because you don't allow them. And yeah, you're much you can... more discerning about those voices in your life. Absolutely. So I think that's part of it. And maybe you just, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a memory thing. I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you're so ancient, Dar. Yeah. Um, I want to piggyback off of something you said, Jenny. I was speaking to a group of women um, in, in the workplace a couple weeks ago. And one of the points I kind of shared with them was that, and I think you really said it, that for women, we struggle with confidence. Um and, and for men, we, we see men being more confident, especially in the workplace. And, and we applaud them and we say, oh, you're so assertive. But when you interact with a confident woman, sometimes she can be deemed bossy or maybe another B word. Um, but right. I think you're saying that, no, we need to find our confidence and to be willing to um, yeah. be forthcoming with the things we are good at. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, that's a tension. I remember from you know, my days, you know, particularly in the corporate space that, you know, you look at the men and they just seem to like ooze confidence and, you know, you're, you're wrestling all this stuff internally thinking, how do I show up? And, and we, you know, and I will say there were certainly days that, and probably are still days, right. That, <laughs> that I overdo it and it does come off as a bit bossy and, you know, and, and not well received, but I think, you know, you have to keep living in it. You have to go, what does it mean for me to show up and who I am? And the more authentic I feel, the more comfortable I feel in who I am, the more that overflow is a confidence, but not a, uh, but not a bossiness or a pushiness that, you know, sometimes in my insecurity, I'll overcompensate and show up in a way that does get the B words. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I think again, the more self-aware we are and the more comfortable we are with who we, with who we are, then we, then we come with a confidence that's really compelling and not off-putting. And there's a, you know, there's a subtlety in there. And I think this is, again, why we need good voices giving us feedback to help us kind of discern, okay, all right, yes, that felt natural. That felt like me. I felt like I am who I'm designed to be. And I might be a little, you know, more direct. I might be a little, uh, uh, you know, because our style is going to vary depending on our personality. But I think you've got to really have a good sense of that and then confidently show up with it. Well, and then that leads us to the next uh, point that you made that I think is great, and that is connections, other people in our lives. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think this is, this is probably the one that I am probably still the weakest at, and that I'm so independent. And a lot of that served me really well to accomplish some of the things that I've been able to do. 
But uh, valuing the relationships that we have and the networks of people who help us, you know, kind of with every step along the journey, I think we need to be really intentional with that. Funny thing is, for most of us as women, we're much better at relationships. You know, naturally, mm-hmm. we are more inclined to connection. But I think sometimes when we're, when we're pursuing, um, you know, opportunities for growth, development, particularly in the workplace, we will kind of see it as we've got to fight for ourselves. At least that was my experience, is that I kind of had to fight and claw my way to make a way for myself, especially as a woman who wasn't always in, was often in circles just with men. And so then you think I'm the only one and I've got to just make my own way. And so that fierce independence that sometimes propelled me could also be a negative when I didn't recognize the value of relationships and connection. And, and they, you just need it. We strong women are connected. They see the value in others. They they nurture and they develop those relationships and they really cheer one another on. And I think that was a big learning for me is to say, you know what, especially for other women that I'm working alongside or, you know, that I'm doing life with, I need to be their biggest cheerleader. I want that from them and I need to, I need to give that to them as well. And so I think you, you just can't underestimate the value of our relationships and our networks and the beauty of them and case in point, our relationship, you know, mm-hmm. fast forward 20 years and we still get to do some different work together. And it's, you know, it's just super fun that we have that history of relationship and connection that you know, has ebbed and flowed through the years. Yeah. And I look back on the team that we build at Forefront Records and we could not have accomplished everything we did without the different talents, personalities, age, everything. The meshing of the individuals made an amazing machine and opportunity for all of us. And I think it's better to think about combining the talents rather than fighting the talents. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you guys modeled that so well. It's funny. I often reflect on, I didn't know what an amazing culture I was a part of because it was the first, you know, like Mm -hmm. work culture that I got to experience and that you guys were so intentional to say, Hey, we've got a bunch of young scrappy kids who, (laughs) you know, probably gave you more headaches most days. Some days. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Don't worry. We're giving her headaches now. Yeah, It just continues. But, you know, that that ability to say, you know what, together we're better than, you know, you and Dan could have, you know, run that thing in your sleep. But you said, you know, the power of team and the power of, you know, of people who have unique gifts and strengths and everybody in this together um, is so it's just fun, too, isn't it? I mean, it's it's work, but it's fun. It is. Um, Just real quick, I know you wrote an article for us, Jenny, about um, six ways to improve a bad work culture. So kind of piggybacking off of that part of the conversation, I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes, because I think you're so right. Work culture is a huge part of this connection piece. All right, let's move on to number four and resilience. Ooh, like that one. Well, this is the grit factor, right? You know, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just that dynamic of, you know what, everything doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, different things that we can't anticipate or prepare for. We're going to find ourselves in hard situations. Again, whatever dimension of life we're navigating right now, whether it's motherhood, I had to, um, I didn't have to, I had the privilege <laughs> of spending a week with my niece and nephew while my sister and her husband went on vacation. I don't have children of my own. And, uh, I'm going to tell you that was a whole nother world, like all the moms who are listening. And especially if you're in toddler season and you're navigating, like being a working mom, I was like, Oh my gosh, my level of love and respect 
for you has just skyrocketed. Yes. I loved uh, watching your Insta stories that week when you had them. It's quite entertaining. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was insanity. And Julie, I had such compassion for you too because I was like, "Woo, this is this doesn't end." The struggle um, is real, as they say. For real, yeah. Um, but you know, so whatever season of life you're in, you know, there's resistance. There are things that kind of get in your way and hold you back. And that ability to be resilient in that is so, so, so powerful. And actually I, um, I was in a work situation. This was about four or five years ago that really kind of rocked me. It was, it was a culture that I, um, just was not what I expected. And I went into it really ambitious and thinking I could really help lead this team effectively. And everything was working against me. And it really rocked me and made me question, do I have the resilience it takes to stay after this, to be patient and persistent in, in this work? And so I think just that recognition that we're going to face discouragement, we're going to face defeat, and we've got to find that resiliency to keep moving forward and figure out where that comes from. What's the source of that for me? As a person of faith, that's the anchor for me is that, you know, my faith really has to be the foundation for me to, for that resilience to, to flow from and for me to kind of navigate um, the challenges ahead of me. So I think it's the one we don't want to talk about, but I think it's really, really important because if we're not prepared for it, it will knock the wind out of us. So it Absolutely. will. And I do think the difficult challenges are the things that make us the strongest. Mm-hmm. So sure. if we get through with resilience and keep going, and, I, and Julie and I agree, our faith is probably, it. no, not probably, it is mm-hmm. the anchor of the ability to be yeah. resilient when mm-hmm. we get knocked down. But the other side of it, we always find that we're a little wiser, a little stronger, a little better. So, you know, if you're in that season in any part of your life, we're just saying, keep going Mm because there is another side to it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And some days it's a one foot in front of the other. What do I have to do today? Yes. You know, what's, you know, what's the best way for me to show up today? And that's all I can focus on. That's all I can worry about, you know, or I'll overwhelm myself. (laughs) So yeah, so good. That's right. Well, I think that leads right into number five, which is patience. Oh, love that one. And there's sarcasm behind that statement. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So what, what about patience makes you a strong woman? Well, you know, I, I, they do. They kind of go hand in hand in that, uh, you know, I think particularly when we're, you know, working with others, which is all dimensions of life, you know, things don't go like we planned. Other people don't do what we hope they would do when, a lot, especially for women, you know, if you're the only woman at the table in your organization or the, you know, your workplace, um, sometimes there's a great deal of patience to go. I shouldn't have to be hitting these, you know, I thought Mm -hmm. these conversations were done. I thought the glass ceiling was broken. I Mm -hmm. thought the, and I'm not saying that that's true everywhere all the time. I've had really wonderful experiences where I didn't feel some of those inhibitors as a woman. And then I've also had places where, yep, okay, I'm the only female here and Mm -hmm. I'm having to really be patient to help make a way for other women who hopefully will arrive at this table in the future. And so keeping a long-term perspective is really, really like helps Mm -hmm. me have the patience for whatever I'm navigating. I remember, I mean, so this is how bad this is for me. Um, I remember being an eight year old kid and my dad having a conversation. We were on a drive. My parents were divorced. So he was taking me back to my mom's place and we lived about an hour apart. And my dad took the time over that car ride as an eight year old kid 
to tell me why I needed to have a bit more patience. <laughs> like, at eight years old, like one of the big talks with my dad was, Jennifer, you need to be a bit more patient. You're, you know, like this is going to serve you well in the future. And I'll mm. never forget it because it's probably one of my greatest struggles because I'm just, I'm so driven. There's so much I want to accomplish. There's so much I want to do, but sometimes the process is slower than we want and we've got to be patient and just stay after it. Yeah, I love it. Eight years of age, it was showing then, huh? So right? And I don't think it's gotten any better, honestly. Oh, I'm sure it has. Um, I actually love this right from your article. You say, um, for patients, you may be the first woman leading in your environment. You may be the only woman at the table. As a result, you may have to field questions or help navigate conversations that feel archaic and unnecessary. Strong women realize that these moments are helping to make the way easier for other women who will come behind them. Love that. So yeah. love the parade. If you're in that yeah. place, just keep pushing because mm-hmm. there's sure. other women that need it. Yep. Yep. All right. And then the so last good. quality you unpack in this incredible article is persistence. And what's that all about? Yeah. And, you know, again, I think all of these kind of build on each other. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's that that commitment to our goal, that commitment to, you know, that vision or that thing that's ahead of us to say, this is what I want my life to be about this is the thing in this season that's most critical for me. And I am just going to stay committed to that in the highs and the lows and the unexpected. I am just going to have the persistence to stay the course because I know that it will pay off. I know that, you know, to the best of my ability, I'm going to give it my all and really trust that it, you know, the journey is going to take me to where I need to go. Um, so that, you know, that patient yet persistent pursuit of your dreams and the goals. And sometimes there's going to be hiccups and things that slow you down. There's going to be detours and things that set you back, but can I be persistent towards the things that I feel like my life is about, you know, what's that, that, and I think that, I think what's important in this is you do have to have a real sense of, you know, what is it that I am? What, what do I bring? What am I gifted at? What's the purpose of my life and my story? And I think we all have to probably at the very beginning of all of this is a definition of that and an understanding of that, because that's the thing that gives us the resilience, the patience, the persistence to stay after it when uh, it's not what we expected. And that happens a lot, right? Like we have those seasons of life where, okay, this is not where I thought I would be or where I expected I would be. And yet I'm going to persistently keep after it because I, you know, I, I feel really passionate about my life being about this. And, you know, sometimes there are detours. I found myself in roles and, and different jobs that I was like, I would have never dreamed I'd be here. And yet that, you know, I, I think, so my, my sense of purpose in my life is to call, is to equip, um, leaders and to help leaders lead. Well, I want to help leaders in whatever sphere of life they're in. I want to encourage them. I want to support them. I want to cheer them on. And I want them to help help them finish the calling that they have on their life. And so that ends up showing up in a lot of different places and in ways that surprise me. But if I'm just persistently committed to that kind of overarching vision of what I feel like my life is about, then it's amazing how I see um, the the fruit of that uh, just as I stay kind of committed to committed to that goal. I've always had this fear that I'm pounding on this door that I know I'm supposed to have open, that I'm working, that I'm um, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm pounding. And then I choose to walk away right before it mm-hmm. gets unlocked. So, right. you know, persistence to me is don't walk away because you don't know that the next step may be the one that makes everything yeah. that you want to happen happen. Yeah. 
And I think this is a big one for us in culture today because we have so much available at our fingertips immediately. Like Mm -hmm. we are so used to everything being immediate and yet history and, and just the stories of when you get behind the scenes of everything that feels like an overnight success, it's never an overnight success, right? It is like, there is patient, persistent work behind the scenes, you know, that nobody sees, they just see the success story. And I think, I think we, especially I love, and I hate social media because yes, we, I'm with we, you on that. <laughs> you know, see all of the beautiful things in real time, but actually there's stories behind that, that, um, demonstrate that this, there was a lot of work that went into this. And I think if we heard more of those stories, it would help us get a sense of, oh, persistence is good. Like this is not foreign. This is actually like an ingredient to success. Yeah. And persistence is sometimes doing it wrong to figure out how to do it right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Love it. I am going to make sure to link to some of those articles we referenced, but um, will you just real quick tell us a little bit about your most recent book? Um, Because I think after hearing this, um, probably too short, if we're being honest, conversation, I think that there are going to be dozens, if not hundreds of women who want to order your book ASAP. So can you tell us a little bit about the four dimensions of extraordinary leadership? Yeah, yeah. So this book was birthed out of kind of that journey for me of figuring out what does great leadership look like? And again, in all dimensions of life, but how do I show up in a way that um, connects with people, which we talked about, um, pours into people and understands, you know, how does my character, my integrity show up in the work I do? Um, You know, vision and having a sense of purpose and then a plan for how to make it all happen. And those are Mm -hmm. really those four dimensions. I I wrap them around um, the great commandment out of scripture that says, love God and love others with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that I really believe that leadership and influence is an act of loving others. And so if we can show up relationally, spiritually, strategically, and with great vision, I think we can really um, motivate and inspire the people that we have influence with, the people that we get to lead. And I think they get a better version of us. And so the book is really kind of a journey of me unpacking those four dimensions and saying, and, and this is what it looked like for me because I was not a well-rounded holistic leader in my early days. I was very driven and I probably bulldozed a lot of people early on. (laughs) And I learned just the beauty of, and it's obviously it's a growth journey, right? But I just learned the beauty of the relational power of, of influence, the importance of, uh, our spiritual influence with others, like, and how that grounds us personally and then vision and strategy, like those play a part. And so it's a very like holistic perspective of what is healthy leadership look like. And again, whatever like sphere of influence you have, whatever your world looks like, it's totally applicable. I've had moms read it and go, oh my gosh, I need to lead my kids with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm. I've had business leaders say, wow, I didn't really think about the importance of leading with heart, soul, mind, and strength. So uh, it's a bit of like personal story slash like, you know, uh, self-help t- teaching you how to really embrace leadership from a much more holistic perspective. Well, we know that she is a smart lady. So ladies, if you even ponder it, get on Amazon, order no, the I'm book. Like, yeah. And she adds to cart. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, awesome. Yes. yes. Everything and everything that you have said. So Jenny, you've given us a lot of great insights. You really have. And you do that every time you write for the Grit and Grace Project. And, you know, from, yeah. from my, from Darlene Brock to Jenny Catrone, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I well, love what you bring. I love who you are. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. I adore you guys and I'm so grateful for the story and the opportunity to be a part of, be a smidge, a part of Grit and Grace and support what you guys are doing. So thank you Definitely so much. Definitely more than a smidge. Yeah, definitely. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I can almost guarantee we'll, we, will be, we will be asking you back soon because I'm sure our friends I want to it. hear more and more that you have to share about balancing, um, you know, being women of strength but a woman who leads with both grit and grace. So we are just so thankful for your time today. We know that you've got a lot of important things going on. Um, So thank you so much for joining us, Jenny. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks. All right. Well, I know you girls mentioned and not necessarily loving social media, but hey, that's my job here. So I want to invite you to continue the conversation with Jenny about all the things that she shared um, in two specific different ways. One is that you can, of course, follow her on all of the social media platforms. You can find her at at Jenny Catron. You can also head to her website to learn more about her, which is www.get4, so the number four, site.com. We'll put that into the show notes. But if you're listening to this episode and thinking, I want to learn more from Jenny, she offers one-on-one coaching, which might be the perfect next step for you in your business or just where you are in life. And so I just want to let you know that we will put a link in the show notes, how you can connect directly with Jenny for some one-on-one coaching. So we cannot leave any episode without a quote. And thank you, Jenny, that you actually provided this one for us in your article, but we absolutely love it. Many women live like it's a dress rehearsal, ladies. The curtain is up and you're on. Mickey Taylor. We can't wait to talk with you next week on This Grit and Grace Life. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by The Grit and Grace Project. Take a few minutes and head over to iTunes to rate and review the show so more people can find us and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. If you can think of a friend who could benefit from this episode or the show in general, please be sure to share us with her. And for all the details on today's episode, find the show notes by heading to thegritandgraceproject.org. You can follow us on social so you miss nothing that we're sharing throughout the week on all things living a grit and grace life. We'll catch you on the next one.